Greetings and welcome to the elephant in the room. Today, I'll be in conversation with Dr. Modaka Yogada, a conservationist, a writer, author, public intellectual, based here in Kenya. Welcome, Dr. Modaka, to the elephant. Thanks, Uh Modaka, I just want to get this conversation started. Uh, two days ago, uh, we had the demonstrations, you know, which have been led by the, the opposition, uh, as in Moja. One, one of the things that came out of uh, that day was people, goons, Goons uh, went into former President Kenyatta's land in, in Northlands, and also also goons also vandalized a, a company linked to Raila Odinga uh, along Mombasa Road. There was, there was a sense of, in my view, a sense of shock. What, what do you make of this? Yeah, it, 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 a lot of people are shocked. Personally, because of conversations we've had, I wasn't shocked at the happening itself. What blindsided me is that I didn't expect it to come now and in the manner I did. I didn't expect it to be triggered now by what just happened. Mm. I probably expected that something like that may have happened pretty shortly after last election. But so, so not now. It, it seemed to me like that moment had passed. But I think what's shocking people is the, is the, is not the physical act. I'm sorry, I don't, the physical act, the theft is part and parcel of Kenyan society at all levels from mm. the government elite down to down to people in public. What's shocking was the, the breaking or the shattering of the aura of the aura of almost sacredness of, of uh, properties and the status of certain families in our society. They've always been we, we over the years, either deliberately or not, we created sort of nobles, untouchables, unassailables. As much as they might uh, you might feel bad about them and all that, but you don't touch them. You don't touch something that belongs to them. You don't question something that belongs to them. And that is what that's what uh, that's the shift that's just happened. Suddenly, you can say sort of suddenly nothing sacred anymore. And there, there a lot of people are having a lot of difficulty living with that fact because it reduces it not reduces but creates a situation where we must now think for ourselves about what is right, what is wrong, what we need, what we don't need, um, what is sustainable, what is not sustainable. We've always had someone to tell us these things. We support this because so-and-so says so. This is sacred because it belongs to so-and-so. This is wrong because so-and-so says it's wrong. This is right because so-and-so says it's right. This is sustainable because so-and-so says it is. You even remember with our dire economic situation last year, some people say, Serikali kona pesa. No muna sewa pesa in Asia. But Modeka, I mean, I mean, I might be wrong, but the last I checked, that kind of thinking happens in monarchies where where it's a king, you know, there's a there's a there's a infallibility that the the the, the, the monasteries the the, the monarchies have. Uh, vis-a-vis the people so what the king what the king says is is god's law and the god's law is yeah. a king's law so yeah. <laughs> i'm confused Mordecai, because the last time i checked uh, kenya kenya is a modern the modern state <laughs> uh please help me help me unpack this you're you're right and and this this is i think what has destabilized a lot of the people who don't um the the, the vast majority of kenyans who don't think so carefully <laughs> about this Kenya has been, for many years, Kenya has been what I'd call a, a fake republic. We've called ourselves a, the Republic of Kenya. We've held these rituals, um, we call elections year after year. But the, 
the the truth of the matter we've had the conversations about this even with uh, Wambi and Joya colleagues Kenya's Kenya has been a feudal society and it's been for very long we have noble families we have royal families in Kenya we just don't call them that but we have them and uh, I think this is the this is the shock mm. that suddenly the 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 kingdom of the empire and its its uh, nobles are suddenly vulnerable they have they've fallen and they 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 sort of not fallen is is euphemism because they're just down to the the status of normal people like us they have to talk sense they have to answer questions they have to they have to suffer the same problems that the rest of us suffer and it's traumatic for for I can understand it's traumatic for the nobles. I think the worst thing is that the way it's traumatic for the serfs or the proletariat um, common people. So many people have defined themselves even in their very lowly positions have defined their positions and raison d'etre or or um, or uh, place in our society they've defined it according to their nobles. And suddenly, when that noble's position is cr- crumbles, these serfs feel that their own positions, however lowly they may be, are also crumbling. Um, the, the sort of outrage we saw, um, what happened was very unfortunate at these d- different facilities, that farm and the business facility. But the outrage you saw from common people, like, how can people be stealing sheep? From the sheep are stolen every day in northern Kenya, part of mm. this area. They're stolen by bandits. They're stolen by security forces on patrol. They're, they're stolen even by um, conservancy rangers who are finding pastoralists for grazing where they shouldn't graze. Mm. So the loss of sheep is not a shocking thing. People are shocked at whose sheep they were. Some people even did this deep dive into what kind of sheep those are. Those are purebred Dorpa sheep developed in South Africa by Boer farmers. And they grow to 50 kilos and they're worth 150,000. Mm. And these, these crass black natives were picking them up and selling them at 2,000 across the road. And th- that sort of outrage, I mean, those are non-issues. Theft is theft. And, and, uh, the invasion of that land, suddenly people even, even at, at the capitalist level, there are a lot of people who say that, oh, investors are going to be scared now. They're going to be scared because there's theft. There's always been theft in Kenya. So what are the investors going to be scared of? They're going to be scared because the royal, the the feudal system is crumbling. An investor whose investment depended on feudalism is an investor, I'm sorry to say, we don't need. Mm -hmm. If those investors who have not been troubled by any of the goings on in Kenya over the last 20, 30 years, and suddenly this, invasion of a noble family's land is going to scare them away then i i think those are people who are investing in in the nobility not in kenya hey but what did i i mean just to push back where did we miss it because i mean this i i haven't seen this in any uh at least uh, that i've read political science political history literature that i have read maybe i mean i maybe need to be pushed in the right direction but i have never seen this uh, until until having conversations with you professor wandia around that actually about the logic of the feudal state that we have had very 
wrong assumptions about ourselves until now. Yeah, yeah I, it's it's puzzling. It's puzzling even to me. But I think I think the thing is we've, we've always sought to define ourselves by certain boxes that are created by people, external people, people not us. Um, so and so told us we are independent, so we believe we are independent. So and so tells us we are capitalist, so we believe we are capitalist. Um, so and so tells us we are calls us a republic, so we believe we are a republic, and we hold that ritual called election, so we believe we are a democracy. And so we've defined ourselves by all these boxes that are external to ourselves. Um, all through since last year, conversations with you and others, we've known that there's something like. It's like a boil that's growing, and we we are what we are doing and how we are living is not sustainable. And we knew there's a threshold, there's a tipping point. If you read, if you feel, if you speak to people, you can feel there's a tipping point coming. I did not know. That's what that's the, probably the scary part of this that you never know when that tipping point comes. Mm. Because if we look at the the so-called Arab Spring, nobody knew that some vegetable hawker setting himself on fire in the streets of Tunis would cause this conflagration that went as far as Syria. Nobody knows. That's that's the thing. When 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 um when these things reach near tipping points, they get tipped off, tip, uh, pushed over the edge by the most random, unexpected, and completely sometimes even completely unconnected things. So I think I think that's that's. That's a failing, I think, of, of um, political science, the philosophy studies that we have or we are exposed to. They, mm. they, they try and define us instead of studying. They try and define us by external models rather than studying us and defining us according to what they find out about us. Right. And I, and I think it's it just reached a sell-by date, what you are doing. And... Um, you, 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 I remember on the day you, 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 you put a tweet, uh, uh, talking about the middle class angst. Yeah. For me, that also, uh, it's, it's, I don't know if it shocked me or frightened me, but where, where was that coming from, Mordecai? Like, where, where is this? I mean, the middle class for a long time has been small, but has been, I mean, has punched above their weights, you know, pushed for reforms in 1992, 2010 constitution, uh, I mean, I mean, have done, I mean, fund up significant things in this, in this, in this, in this society of ours. But my own sense for the first time, they actually completely frightened about the future. Yeah. What's happening, Mordecai? I think, I think our, our middle class, um, even the middle class, even, even if you go into the upper class, are people who excelled they they excelled at subservience at serving the system um they climbed the system very efficiently very competently by serving those above them not questioning the system never creating anything new but being very competent at what was what existed mm. they read the books and reproduced exactly what's in the books what's prescribed and they got ahead like the way you get ahead in the the military or such type of forces. And then at some point they they felt they hit a ceiling 
Mm. And I think that's when they educated, when they started uh, agitating because they, they felt we have hit a ceiling. Um, now we need to be included at the upper, upper table. And that's why they agitated. Not, not, not to have something different, but to be included in what, in what existed. And fast forward to now, those agitators got included. They got into the system. Some got into state system, got into politics, and they're now in there. So, now that they're in there, those coming behind them have looked at their path and say, oh, so the path to getting up there is through subservience, competence, not creativity, not hard work, not intellectual work, but subservience and competence up to, to a certain point. And then now, just as they're getting up there, or maybe they've made some progress, you've got a nice home, you've got a nice job, suddenly what they were aspiring is crumbling. Like it's like you're on on you're on the road going to Mombasa, then you hear Mombasa is sinking into the sea. Mm. And you start wondering about your entire journey. What am I doing at Mutituande? Mm. And should I turn back or where do I go? Do I settle now at Voy and and live there? What what do I do? And um that angst is is what really disturbs them now. And you know, for a long time I felt that certain politicians tend to use their unquestioned support of their bases to get ahead. That's sort of like their scam. But I've come to think, realize that the senior politicians are our scam. When I want to absolve myself from thinking, I back my ideas with saying so and so said so. Mm-hmm. When I, when I, when I, when I, when I don't want to, uh, to, to argue about policies, I say, no, this is the position of so and so, and I'm his supporter. We actually got to a point where we, even if you support someone or you vote for someone, you feel that means you should never criticize him. Because he's, he's now your position. He's your scam. He's your blanket to cover up your failure to think or your laziness. And that's the pro, that's the challenge facing the middle class in Kenya now. They're having to think for themselves. They're having to state their positions on even the smallest things, whether you're talking to your kids about what uh, profession they should go into. Some of them are, they're, they're doctors who try and get their kids, apologies to doctors, not all of them. The doctors try and get their kids into the medical profession. But he never once told his kid, this is why I want you to be a doctor. Because he, he himself doesn't know why he became a doctor. Maybe it's because he got an A. Some try and kid, people in the police try and get their kids into the police. He doesn't, he gave a sit down his son or daughter and tell him, this is why I wanted to join the police. Because he, he knew he had an opportunity, but he doesn't know why he joined the police. Maybe it's even for some basic thing like job security. And that kind of thing. So we are, we are, we are in a situation where we are having to think for ourselves. We are having to justify ourselves or our positions. And that is something that terrifies most Kenyan So what happens next, Modekai? Because, I mean, as you're saying, uh, end of, I mean, you've been saying this for a while now. I approach the end of a feudal order. Uh, but what but we can clearly see is not, it's not that we can see a new order emerge. It's almost uh, it's a contestation between two orders. One is dying, one is trying to emerge. 
and we are caught in the yeah. in between 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 this mess what happens next yeah 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 actually i think i think i think even the 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 fear that we see around us because all the, all the aggressive aggressive political talk um, insults back and forth this kind of thing this is a symptom of fear and it's 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 fear of the unknown and um as far as society we are in a sort of miasma now we are, we are groping around in the dark and i think we will grope around in the dark for for at least this five year term mm. we may get we might get some clarity at the next uh, start seeing some clarity at the next election when when certain positions will become untenable and this kind of thing but right now i think the best thing what next is people must fix themselves sort of at at let's we, we need to move down from societal level we have to fix ourselves at our offices our professions our business our families our social relationships we have to fix ourselves there and then we move up to our fixing our societies and eventually to fixing the country because we are at a position now where even personal relationships break up and are predicated on political positions mm. there are people who will not talk to you now there are people who are just sort of even sending me friend requests now on social media i didn't even know they had sort of unfriended me or blocked me because of because of the politics of last year mm. and and that that's that shows the depth of our problem because we're trying to define they can't see they fail to see me beyond beyond uh, the prism of their political position right yeah yet we never did differ over, over anything there was never any unpleasantness between us but that's how low we have sunk as a society and i think we must fix ourselves and each other intellectually if if people are right now we are doing things we are going on the streets marching because so and so says we should do it each individual it's fine to go marching but each individual on a march should know i am marching because this a b c d it's me it's about me this is what this is a problem i have this is what i need and this is why i'm out there right now we are out there because so and so says or we are not out there because so and so says we should not be and and that that's 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 the that's the biggest challenge even even with our protests as we are having them each individual doesn't know what they why why they're doing just today i saw a tweet from the kisumu governor saying that he has suspended protests in kisumu and he will now be going to participate in protests in narobi and i wondering what does that mean protests are guaranteed by constitution i don't know where he overtook the powers of the constitution and banned them in kisumu or why he's going to do them in narobi he's going to take care of kisumu people while he's away mm. and he's abandoning his, his constituency so that that means we are the people our elites and those at the top are lost so if you follow them you you're, you're going to get lost too so if you want to go out there fine do it but you must know why you're doing mm. or if you don't if you don't go out there you shouldn't go out there because you don't you know precisely why you're staying home maybe because mm. you need to work and get money to, to feed your kids or whatever mm. but i think we must start at individual level but right now at societal level Data education system commercial system etc we are we are groping in the dark kenya is in a, i think we are at our intellectual nadir as a nation certainly in my lifetime mm. so i mean so modek i mean 
No, land is a very emotive issue in Kenya, right? Mm. And uh, two days ago, I mean, something fundamentally shifted uh, in, yeah. in the psyche of Kenya. You know, my favorite picture was there was, there was a young man who I think killed a rabbit in in Northlands, and there was a photo of him on going online, him carrying the rabbit, <laughs> mm. and so it was very interesting. Uh, you have done extensively. A very powerful image. Exactly. You've done extensively about, uh, you know, conservation, uh, particularly in the Northern Kenya, and how a lot of what we call conservation is actually land grabs. Uh, yeah. How do you think this is going to play out now moving forward that, uh, in my mind at least, there's a psychological shift towards Kenyans that actually, this was our land, we can actually go and take this land, uh, either through constitutional means or by extra constitutional means. What does it mean for people like uh, NRP uh, and, and, so, and, and all the other individual organizations who uh, live on live on land uh, that has been either acquired, uh, you know, in in, in ways that uh, one one should one can question. And yeah, this is a, a, a good question. And these things are connected because. For some reason, maybe it's, it's, it's because of the way colonialism played out in Kenya, where you, you could not sort of round up people and grab everyone, and put them in handcuffs or tie them to a, a chain gang to work and all that. The power was based on land. If you control the land these guys live on, he becomes your minion, whether he likes it or not. Hmm. And the conservation organizations have taken the colonial playbook to the letter. Even the agreements they have with pastoralist communities now are almost copy and paste of the Anglo Maasai agreement. Mm. A few elders signing across, signing off the birthright of the entire community to an outsider. And um, it's not sustainable. I've spoken about this and written about this for, many, for, for a long time and been ostracized because of it. But it's not me making it. It's not me making it a problem. I'm just stating the problem, obviously, as it is. And the way we got blindsided suddenly, like uh, a domino effect started from some cars parked on the Eastern Bypass, buying sheep from some young men jumping over a fence, or the image of, of the young man having killed a rabbit on the noble's land. That's mm. like the nightmare of, that's the, the Victorian England noble's nightmare. Mm. Uh, a commoner hunting on the king's land. Precisely, precisely. Yeah, th yeah that goes against the very ethos of everything that uh, we, we see today as conservation. And I think it is up to those in the conservation arena to listen because we have what is called the fictitious economy in the West. It's this economy that revolves around imaginary things like, like, um, like, like, uh, the cryptocurrencies, mm. like carbon trading, the trading, imaginary trading in imaginary things with the real money changing hands. It's just money laundering. Mm. And the, the money laundering that's carbon trade depends on land uh, because that's what you report. You report that I've got X amount of land and you, you audit yourself and say it has sequestered this much tons of carbon. So you're right. selling carbon. If you don't produce, you can't show and you, you, you just imagine. But real money changes hands. And you're bringing capitalism 
into something that you don't produce and capitalism requires violence and violence is not sustainable anywhere in the world so what's going to happen is that one day someone will march in and i've told them i've, I've said many times that the thing that's going to change northern kenya and a lot of africa is the sort of mobile internet enabled devices where they'll mobilize and they'll mobilize they'll gain knowledge outside your control and one day they'll, they'll wake up and say ah this thing is a scam and they'll just march on there the elders who signed those documents will be told shut up and stay home we don't want to hear from you and then you deal with the young and kenya is a very young population the very young population. Anyone who thinks they can subvert Kenya based on based on subverting the elders, I'm sorry. You need to find something for the youth. And and so 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 the the conservation edifice is on very shaky ground right now. Um, I don't know what might trigger it, but it's a matter of time. It's not a matter of if. Mm. And, and uh, bizarrely, I even just saw a draft of. There's some new climate change bill right. that's been drafted. And, and our government is actually drafting bills based on fiction. Carbon trade is fiction. And Speaking that bill contains stuff about carbon. It, it's the most bizarre thing I've ever seen. Someone asked me for my views and I said, I don't know what views I can give about <sighs> this. Mm. Because, <laughs> because it's it to give. Yeah. I mean, speaking of carbon, carbon trading, uh, as a report by Survey International done recently yeah. around uh, carbon 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 trading, how yeah, NRT in particular is is uh, is doing I think planting trees or doing star stuff uh, around uh, two million acres of land in northern Kenya. Mm -hmm. What's the fundamental like? I mean, who gives for me? It's who gives them the permission to just assume that. These communities have nothing else to do with their land, and this this, this is how we are going to move. Yeah, it 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 is. No one gives them the permission, and this is this is the part that's out of the colonial playbook. The colonial playbook, especially particularly the British colonialism, it was based on bluster. Mm. Someone just checks in and tells you, "Hi, I've come to live here, and I brought a religion, and I brought a new style of government." And this is what I want you to do. And um, it's for for sedentary populations. It it was it was this weird thing like just blast and these guys are dressed in all the fine red uniforms and all that. And that's what won this thing over because the, the way they glorify themselves that these guys must be great, they must be powerful. The way they behave and talk mm. and all that. And right now, conservation are picked out of that. Like you, you go in some place and say. We have brought you income generating activities. Um, so what were you eating before they came? Mm. Or the, another common term is alternative livelihoods. Alternative to what? To what you've been doing for the last 5,000 years. Exactly. So this is suddenly, this is suddenly better. In, in rangeland, it's always an alternative to pastoralism because pastoralism gives economic power and economic power is the greatest enemy of these conservationists. Mm. I've always asked, I know many people have grown wealthy from keeping goats, camels, sheep, whatever, 
And I've asked them, has anyone grown wealthy from beadwork? No one ever has. Um, they, they, you know, there's a lot of talk, the teacher's economy has a lot of talk of millions of dollars coming in for carbon. And I said, point me to one person who has received cash and tell me how much cash is received. Mm. I still haven't found any. So it's all fiction and bluster. And they, there comes a time, those are all, like all pyramids, there comes a time when it comes down. Mm. It, it, it collapses on itself with its, on its own contradictions. And the thing is, they keep having to take more and more land because suddenly there's this 50,000 acres, the carbon, imaginary carbon from this area has been sold to Netflix. Right. So Google has come with more money. So I have to get another 50,000 acres to sell to Google because I can't sell this same one. Netflix, I, I sold this one to Netflix. So Google comes, I have to get another 50,000. Um, the real what, racket. What, eh? Yeah, yeah, it's, it's a racket. Mm. It's a racket. And, and people's livelihoods are being sold because of it. And um, there will be a time of reckoning. There will mm. be. It's not the maybe. There will be. It's, it's, it's just, it's when, not if. Mm. Yeah. And it's terrible that the world believes this, such that even Kenya government has started drafting a bill that includes carbon, mm. that includes imaginary things. It's, it's, it's crazy. To, it's like drafting a bill that includes trading quails. <laughs> are we drafting a bill to, to uh, why, why aren't we drafting rules to run pyramid schemes right so I mean finally Modek I mean one gets the impression that as a society we are stuck I mean as you, as you rightly said we're an intellectual nadir so how, how do we unstuck ourselves because they're all these they're no longer moving parts it's almost like they're, they're collapsing parts of the whole right mm. Mm. Um, I mean, you, we have talked about what's happening in the center, what happened uh, two days ago, uh, you know, carbon credit. It's almost, mm. one gets the sense that uh, the center can no longer hold and everything is collapsing, but no one knows what to do. So how do we yeah. unstuck ourselves from this, Nadir? I think we, we, we sort of need to, on, a, on an individual on an, on an individual level, I'd mm. say the way I uh, the way I treat some of these this information, I sort of withdraw, I don't buy into things. Mm. I sort of read and decide. Um, be it politics, commerce, agriculture, conservation, whatever. And I think it's important to for us individually don't buy into what 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 uh, the Ministry of Education is saying about uh, what your kid is being educated. They they're lost. Machogo doesn't know what he's doing. No one in that ministry knows what they are doing. So educate your kid. You've got mm. your experience which cannot be duplicated. Mm. So let's those of us who have kids, educate your kids, educate yourselves. Don't believe what someone tells you about the education system. Believe what you know. Mm. You've lived X years in this in this life. As far as agriculture, I I said there have been agricultural pro projects that come around bringing all sorts of um, things like gen genetically modified potatoes that that produce in one generation and this kind of thing. Mm. Plant the potatoes, you know that you can plant again seed from this if you don't have money to buy new seed. Right. So that's what you know. It's your stomach. You put mm. it Look after your stomach. Mm. In fact, Kikuyu's have this thing, take care of your... Mm. Care about what is yours. Mm. 
Mm-hmm. We have to start there. And because we keep subscribing to things, um, we keep subscribing to ephemeral things. People subscribe to, to cryptocurrencies. They sub, subscribe to certain political beliefs. And you've even seen, even our country, the reason why Kenya, someone was asking why Kenya doesn't participate in, in, uh, in some of these international forums like World Economic Forum and all these kind of things and even the BRICS forum. It's because Kenya doesn't have a position. We don't have our position like this is what we want, this is what we aspire to. We want to subscribe to someone else's position and, and we want to go somewhere and parrot someone else's position. Mm-hmm. We hardly have a foreign policy. Mm. We only have an agricultural policy. We don't have a wildlife policy you're talking about. So we have to develop. And the, the country needs to do that. But even as individuals, we have to develop our policies. I don't eat this. I don't plant this. I don't use this pesticide. You can't wait for the government to tell you this pesticide is poisonous before you mm. know what, what it is. I mean, I've recently, I recently bought some maize meal during some of the shortages and some of the important. And I made a meal for my dogs and my dog sniffed it and turned away so i immediately realized no i'm not i'm not eating this imported uh, this yellowish imported maize meal anymore because mm. i could tell but the government will tell me and kebs tells me it's safe but i have to decide for myself and i think you have to build that individual confidence whether you, even in politics you mm. support people not positions not policies I'm a follower of so and so. Let's let's leave that to religious beliefs. You can you can you can have religious beliefs like that, but not not on 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 earthly policy thing. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, otherwise we just we just get lost. Kenya is Kenya is, is right now is floundering in many ways, but mm-hmm. this country moves on because our people are very resilient. Mm-hmm. We have a level of resilience that I keep I keep sort of discovering new levels of resilience. Oh my God, things haven't collapsed yet. So I think we need to tap onto that, even at in, from individual level and societal level, and get it up to national level. Mm. Um, the youth will get us there. The middle class, and the, not just economical, but the age group of I'd say forty and above or forty-five and above, are almost irretrievably defiled by the system. I, I have very little hope for them. I, I hardly ever bother talking to conservationists of my age because they, they, they cannot fathom anything outside. They mm. found their places in the slave quarters and asking them to, to start going out to other places is difficult. Mm. 